You're listening to the Parents Podcast featuring Amanda Keen and Kirsten Aho. The views, comments, statements, and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the official position of the Salvation Army. Recording in progress. What's up, everybody? Welcome. <laughs> uh, welcome to season four Yay. of the Barracks Podcast. <laughs> Insert clapping scene. He hasn't done it once, but you know. He did something one time. What? But I don't remember now, but I just remember we were harassing him for not doing it. And then he was like, I did it. What? Yeah. It, because does anybody recall ever hearing Zane put in a laughing track? Comment below. <laughs> or how else? Put it on. Do you do you send the link on the Facebook page to the no. new episodes? Okay, we'll no, we'll do we'll do that and then people can comment on the Facebook page. There we go. Done. We go. Now we finally figured it out. Now that we're both not having full-time jobs. Wait, I don't know. That does, that's not right. Now that both of us aren't working full. Okay. No. <laughs> now that I am working full time. Now that some members of the podcast have a little bit more time on their hands. Now that 50% of the podcast oh, is currently <laughs> unemployed. Now that, now that 50% of the podcast hosts are not working. <laughs> <laughs> full-time jobs oh man 50 percent of the hosts are able to reallocate energy and attention <laughs> <laughs> to the podcast thought processes yes praise the lord hashtag ptl hashtag hashtag, hashtag get ready for mailchimp emails in future oh. at some point <laughs> um Ignore yeah. phones ringing. Who's ringing the phone? Oh, you didn't hear a phone ringing? Good. No, no. Oh, good. I thought you were just describing like, although some members would have more time on their hands, some <laughs> members would still ignore phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> that is also true. And that member, her name starts with a K. Actually, and an A. First or last, first or hundred percent of the, mm-hmm. the podcast host might have <laughs> A and K. This is a fun, this is a fun names. way to start our podcast. This percentage thing that we 50%, 100%. You know what I saw the other day? No, I don't know why it's popping up. What'd you say? I said, no, I don't know. Okay. Well, valid, but I keep getting improv like classes for clergy popping up on my <laughs> that's on weird. my what? is it weird? why why is that i don't know what is that i don't mean? know i don't that i maybe should join an improv class for clergy i don't know 
But the reason that I thought about it is I was like, you know, we should, we should just join an improv class and probably would be a fun class or me. Yeah. Or people would get annoyed quickly. I think I would be the Michael Scott of the improv class. (laughs) Wait, which one would I be? If you're Michael Scott, who am I? Comment below. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Don't ask me. Don't ask me who you don't, don't say Meredith. Jim. <laughs> oh, I hope I'm Jim. Am I Jim? I don't think I'm Dwight. I think you lean more toward Dwight than I'm totally Michael Scott. I'm the boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh my that reminds me of the episode. I think the one, if you don't watch The Office, then I'm really sorry. But there's one episode that I literally laugh out loud so hard every time. And that it's it's and I can't remember all of it, but Michael is upset because he was like lied to or something, or he believed something. And he's like, he starts talking about at school, how somebody told him about like poop ball or something. And he's like, <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Okay. I'm about to say I'm ruining it. I just massacred that scene, but I've watched it's The Office hilarious. a lot of times and I don't remember that part. I do remember Michael Scott being angry, but it's usually he's mad because someone, because what he thought he had heard someone say is not what they said. And he's believed <laughs> for probably 30 years that it is what they said. <laughs> yeah, see, this is it. Basically. This is, I'm going to quote it really quick and then we'll continue on with the okay. podcast. Um, but, oh my gosh, is this not popping up? Like literally, okay. This is Michael Scott. Here's a quote. I hate, hate being left out, whether it's not being picked for a team or being picked for a team and then showing up and realizing the team doesn't exist or that the sport doesn't exist. I should have known poop ball. (laughs) You don't remember that. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't remember that. Poop ball I didn't make reference. it up. It's there. Poop ball. Anybody else played it? No, it's not real. It's not real. But you know what is real? What? A lot of things, including our podcast, including season four. We're not counting the Advent series because that was like a mini series. But the title of this season is called, or is, is there a place for me? And Kiri, would, do you want to talk a little bit about how we came to this? I mean, I can join you too, but yeah, well, I mean, I don't exactly remember. (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) Okay, great. Great input. Okay. I've been like thinking about, so the other thing about like not having a job. And then, um, so like today, my, what I did today was I woke up early cause I was excited cause I was going to hang out with my sister-in-law mm-hmm. and then, uh, we, I got to see my sister-in-law and my niece and drink some coffee. That sounds lovely. Yeah. And I knew the whole day 
that this was going to happen. We were going to record this podcast episode. Okay. But I have been doing other things like eating a couple chips. (laughs) (laughs) I just spit sushi on this microphone. Oh my gosh. Um, (laughs) Like, you know, just really big things. Big, really big things. Really big other things. Okay. Well, yeah, that sounds good. Um, Going back, (laughs) going back to our season, is there a place for me? So Carrie and I, um, I don't know now, maybe like a month, month and a half ago, kind of just sat down video chat to plan this year on the direction of the podcast. Um, and we had been talking about how over the last, I don't know, I think specifically a couple of years, but it's been happening for a lot longer, but we've seen a lot of people and even people that we know and, and really love leave the Salvation Army in some capacity, whether that's as an officer or an employee or soldier or adherent or whatever it is, we've seen a lot of people leaving and that includes Kiri now, um, which that was not public when we were planning, but now it is. Um, and if you're finding out for the first time right now, as we speak, Welcome to the party. Um, well, but, and I think for me, like, cause I was talking to somebody, um, one of, you know, one of these compatriots of ours and they had asked me like, so does this mean you're like leaving the church or like at this point, I just know, like, I'm not going to be an officer because right. it's, I just can't, I don't know. I'm not doing well. So that's yeah. a short version, but I think we're going to talk more. We have like we all are. these questions that, so the fun thing we started thinking about it because basically I had said, Amanda, like, we're going to have to figure out a rebrand or something because this podcast is all about being in the Salvation Army. And <laughs> it's not really all about that, but it's, kind, but that is, you know, like our main um, connection with each other. And then, so, uh, I was like, well, do we do a rebrand? Like, do we need to rename the podcast? Do we, I don't know. Um, but I think we talked about it and just said, like, the thing is, there's a lot of people who come in, go out like, and for different reasons. So we just want to reach out to some of those people and do some interviews and talk to them about these questions that we're going to look at today. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, because I think there's a lot of experiences, like a lot of different people have their own unique experiences of, um, wrestling through the question of like, is there a place for me in the Salvation Army? And whether your answer is yes or no. Um, I think the other day when I had talked to Amanda, we had, I had kind of talked about like just this sense of whether right now it's a place or the place, or there Uh is a place like at some point 
for those of us who've been impacted by the Salvation Army, there was something that made us feel like there was a place. And like, um, like I've often thought of the Salvation Army as like my own hometown or even like my family, my extended family. And I'm not really related to people actually like, um, so it's been more of like an emotional family. Um, and it's like the place where a lot of us met Jesus. It's like Mm -hmm. been super important. We've gone through, um, what are those things called? Like rites of passages together that were like that this organization has created. So like there's some very deep, like defining, experiences and moments Mm -hmm. that have happened for many of us. And I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, that is including you like that. They, um, it's just worth talking through and kind of unpacking, like, what does that mean? What does it look like? And also looking ahead to the future of like, you know, is there a place for me going forward? Mm -hmm. And where is that? Because regardless of if there's a place in the Salvation Army, there is a place in God's kingdom and right. Like that, like we can Mm -hmm. affirm those things that, um, God is big enough for all of us. Right. We can share God and always have, and that's, and that is one of the tensions even of like, that sometimes gets brought out in being part of Salvation Army is like you can start to feel like this is the only right place that right. exists and provides salvation or something. Not that anyone would say that, but like that is not one of our official teachings in any way. No, <laughs> it's but really we an unofficial, it. the unofficial yeah. teaching. <laughs> yeah. Well, before we go kind of into this interview and for today's interview, I thought it was important that one, we set up what is about to happen. And I think Kiri did that really beautifully just now. And well, in the season, um, and we wanted to start by interviewing Kiri. So for this episode, I'll kind of serve as the host and Kiri is going to be the person that I'm interviewing. And I, I guess I kind of want to give a preface. It's kind of just as on my heart as I was listening to Kiri talk, you know, we, this whole time have, whether you've joined us in our teachings or other things that, you know, we've hosted. Um, and of course the episodes that we've recorded, we have always said that we want to be honest, that we want to be transparent, that we want to be authentic. Um, and all of that can get a little messy. All of that can, um, bring up different emotions and different, uh, feelings and all of that. And I guess I just want to say that as we do these interviews, um, just be mindful of that, that when we talk about, is there a space for us in a place that we have loved in a place where we felt at one time we did belong? Um, it can be hard to talk through that. Um, And so we might encounter maybe some angry feelings or feelings of fill in the blank. And so as you're listening, I guess I just want us all to open up our minds, our hearts, um, to hear 
the different people that we're interviewing, where they're at, what God has been doing. And my prayer is that you would be encouraged as you hear the different journeys and they're all going to be different. Um, and the bottom line and like answering the question, is there a place do like, do I belong here might be different and that's okay. So we're going to go ahead and start with the first question here. And the first question to you, Kiri is what drew you in to the Salvation Army in the first place? Like what was kind of that hook that, that got you in the door? Well, I think everybody knows I was an officer's kid. So obviously there was that. Um, Mm -hmm. some of my like earliest church memories were, um, like being like, I definitely wanted to be a junior soldier and I don't remember why I wanted that. But like, I remember as a kid being very intentional, like to ask about how does that happen? Like, what do I need to do? Like, how do Mm -hmm. I become a junior soldier? And I feel like I was pretty conscientious. I was not, I don't think I was ever an honor junior soldier. Um, but I also remember as a kid, like going to the altar, like every time there was an opportunity for salvation, you know, like every time somebody Mm -hmm. preached about the basic message of salvation, I was like there. And, um, I remember being at junior soldier camp in Metro division. I, I would have been in elementary school, like probably later, maybe at like age 10 or something. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the first time that I experienced like God's Holy spirit. If like in a kind of more charismatic way, because I remember like going to the altar and just like crying and crying. So I'm like in elementary school and I was like crying and I didn't even know why. Like, but like one of the counselors like prayed with me and told me they'd be praying for me. And like, and I still to this day don't know why I was crying, but I do think that is just like, kind of, there's like certain tears that tell me that like God is communicating with me because it's just, I think the tears has to do with being like overwhelmed and not being able to really process like And I think that would make sense as a human response to God's like overwhelming presence would be, you're going to cry at least for me. Yeah. So there are like, there's like, this is kind of like a very, very abbreviated version, but because I want to focus on like what hooked me into officership, um, because that's what I specifically know, like I'm walking away from right now. And so like when I was in college and of course, you know, you go to like youth councils for many years of your teenage life and they always have the call to officership there. So like, mm-hmm. it's not like someone's not asking you to think about it. Like it's on everyone's mind when you're growing up as a teenager, like you're like, Oh, some they're, they're asking us to be officers. They're asking us to really consider carefully, like, is this the thing? So it's kind of like in your head, even though I also said to myself, I'm never telling them that I want to be an officer. Like Mm. I, I didn't really think like yes or no, if God wanted that for me, 
But I also knew that even if that was what God wanted, I wasn't going to be like telling anybody at youth councils because then, <laughs> then, then they like parade you up there. They parade you out the back. Yeah. And then you're in the thing. Like, FOF. Yeah. FOF. And then they won't stop pestering you and like following <laughs> up. And I was like, I definitely don't want all that attention. <laughs> so then when I was in college, um, I went, there were two summers that I did summer mission team. Okay. So like the summer before my freshman year of college and then the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college. And um, in the second summer of SMT, uh, you know, they parade you out there as a SMT team, but this is not, this was not that meeting. Um, I think it was during the ordination of the prepares of the way. So it's 2005 okay. where I was like watching that taking place. And I was just like overwhelmed again with like crying and tears mm-hmm. and the, the overwhelming sensation was like, I belong with these people, like those Mm -hmm. repairs of the way. And I'm sharing this because I think it's really important for like what I've been experiencing over the past, like several months, because I almost, I had basically like the opposite, like a bookend experience in October. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was like, I, I would call that like my call to officership was at that commissioning, watching the, the ordination of those officers. Mm-hmm. And so that was like 2005. And then I went to training in 2010, got commissioned and ordained in 2012, served, um, you know, in a variety of appointments and like last fall when I was at officers councils, I was again, like, I don't like, I don't know what it was, but it was definitely like a feeling. And so it's, I know people always are like warning us about feelings and things like that, but it's difficult when your feelings are pretty important. Right. Um, at any rate, so like at officers councils and I kind of had already debriefed about like the struggle. Like I was in a, I was really rough during officer councils. Like, yeah, I was like walking out of meetings and avoid like not going to some things altogether. Like at the fellowship times, I was not participating. I was just like, I went and watched Dune and ate a pizza. Like that was what I did during officer's councils. That sounds fun though. Yeah. I was by myself. I guess that's fun. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So anyways, it was like just the, it was like the least depressing option for me. Right. Right. Um, but so anyways, but again, like it was just this sense, like this kind of like crescendo sense of like, I don't belong here. Yeah. And like, so it was, that's why like, as I've, I have thought about this conversation, although I've done it in like the back of my mind rather than like Mm -hmm. sitting down or taking notes or anything. But I think that's kind of like the basically all of it. So like what drew me in was like knowing God, this was how I knew God was through this church and this group. And like, I knew I wanted to serve this church. I wanted to serve this organization and it seemed 
like the, the best way, the way that would be most helpful was as being an officer. And I think maybe like, as I've kind of gone through my years, I've often felt like I don't really fit in the mold or what is needed of officers. Um, Mm -hmm. like for being introverted and like people will always say like, Oh, you're such a good officer. Not everybody, but like I've gotten feedback, like, Oh, you're a good officer. But like at the same time, what I think I'm like actually fitted for isn't quite officership. So I don't know. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm sitting. And then there was a whole sense of like not belonging here, which was, um, it's, I've still been trying to unpack that, like what in the world does that mean? But yeah, I don't know. Okay. So sorry, sorry. That's like a really winding answer to what drew you in. The other thing that I would say that I liked and resonated and was like a hook and attraction was definitely the sense of relationship between other people, myself and other people, like having Mm -hmm. friends and like, we're doing this together. Like we're on the same page. We're motivated by the same thing and we're moving in the same direction and like we're passionate. And so just like feeling like you're doing something with other people that you're friends with and you like, you like these people and you like doing things together. So mm-hmm. like definitely like those SMT experiences or like band of survivors, CBLI. And then it just started to feel more and more like I was alone mm. in what I'm doing. But anyways, yeah. Okay. No, thank you for, for answering that one. And I know you, I know you've kind of shared this experience at, at officers councils, um, this past fall, which I think kind of answers this question as of today, do you feel there is a place for you in the Salvation Army? Um, and it sounds like you decided as far as officership, it was a no. Um, do you want to unpack that story a little bit? Um, do you want to broaden it to, is there a place for you in the Salvation Army? However you feel comfortable answering that. Um, I'd love to hear some more. Yeah. I, so I think it's interesting because there, I do think there's a place, like there's always, you know, an empty spot on the bench for anybody to be an officer. Um, so it's not like I'm unwelcome. Like I would, I would put that out there. Like, it's not like nobody wants me. Right. And, and I think that's like, I haven't experienced that. Like I haven't experienced someone saying to me, you need to get out or like, you don't belong here. It's right. more of like an internal sense of like, I don't belong here. And I need to like find where I do belong because, Mm -hmm. and, or maybe I need to build a place that I belong, Mm -hmm. um, or find, find a place that I kind of belong and then like make it more of a, I don't know what exactly, but like, um, 
I don't know fully if it's going to be in the Salvation Army. Like there, I, there's a lot of things that I appreciate, um, but it's, it is difficult. Uh, yeah. As far as unpacking about officership, like, I think it is a lot of like feeling jarred a lot of times, like just kind of like a jarring sense of like, what am I really being asked to do? Hmm. How does that line up with like what I feel my gifts are? Because I do think there are things that I'm gifted for that work as being an officer, Mm -hmm. but there are things that I'm gifted for that don't have a place at all. And so I think that's the part about a place for you. Like there, a place always exists. People will always be welcome in the Salvation Army, but whether I like fit in, in such a way that I'm able to be comfortable or feel like fully thriving is maybe more of the question for me. Like, yeah. And just at this point, it was like a big no, because, um, one, I do need to like, I've had a lot of mental health, like just a lot of anxieties. And I think there's probably even some like theological questions I need to work through on my own. And Mm -hmm. I need to do that, like without the weight of trying to represent an organization to a group of people as being their pastor. Um, like that was also difficult of like having to say things, not that I don't believe, but like that I really am wrestling with. And I want to pick through on a very deep and thoughtful, methodical way, but Mm -hmm. like, you have to preach very, very often. (laughs) And like, and I felt like it was getting harder to be able to represent this organization well, from a theological standpoint, like just a lot of questions that I have where I can say the right words and I know I'm saying the right words and I know what the right answers are, but it's becoming increasingly hollow for me to say those answers. Um, and like, I just can't like that. It seems more important to me, like to be honest and like provide, like that seems more important to me to be able to like create a space where people can admit that they don't agree with everything. And they have a lot of, maybe they have questions because most people that I've met, if they spend time thinking about faith issues, they have a lot of questions. So I don't know, like, I just, it doesn't like, if I have a lot of questions, I don't want to be pretending like I don't have questions and that I can always like, just constantly affirm the 11 doctrines or, you know, like it's, yeah, we read them every Sunday, like one, one per the 11 months of the year. And I think even that, even that practice at church was like, cause I would, it would be my turn to read the doctrine for the month and I would read it and I would find myself trying to explain it to whoever was in the room and being like, I'm not even sure I agree with the statement. Like, so yeah, that's just kind of like, I can, I don't know. 
Yeah. Well, that makes sense. So, and you've, uh, you've already been sharing this, um, a bit, but this next question, I want to, I guess, kind of make it twofold here. Do you want to talk a little bit more about what led you to make that decision ultimately that there was not necessarily a place for you? And then is there something that could have been different about this place that, you know, we do ministry or call have called home or whatever that could have made you or helped you to feel like you did belong? I, so just to start with that last question first, like, I think it's too soon to know for sure. Like I, and I really don't like, I know these are questions that we came up with, (laughs) but it's really hard to try. Like, I would be interested, like if other people have answers to that, um, Mm -hmm. because I try, I have difficulty voicing what I need from other people Mm. and in any way, like even putting that responsibility on them. Like, I'm like, you already exist. That should be enough for me. And if I happen to need something else, well, I'll just find a different person who can help with that. <laughs> um, which might be part of the issue, right? But I have, like, I mean, sure. I have voiced various things just, and depending on who I voiced it with, maybe my communication was not sufficient or something, trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. But I do feel like I've voiced clearly to the right people what I needed and it um, just wasn't happening on my own felt time line. Yeah. Um, so I think that ultimately had led me to determine like I, that this is not where I belong. Um, and it's not like I don't, yeah. So I, I think what led me to determine, what was the question about determining? Yeah. What led you to, to determine that it was not the place for you? Yeah. So Um, my counselor said that what I'm experiencing is called disillusionment. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like that's like a, I guess like a special term and I haven't looked it up yet. Surprise, surprise. But, um, just kind of like I've, I am a observer and I observe Mm Mm-hmm. But in addition, I take that information and I sort it and I make decisions based on the information that I've been able to gather and receive. And so some of the information was like, um, and I've talked a little bit maybe about being divorced, but like, so when my ex had let me know he was leaving, like he left the marriage and he left officership at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I, at that time had like actually turned in my resignation and said like, I'm out too, you know? And then, um, so for that was in 2018. 
so really for like four, three years, like I have been kind of in a process of trying to discern separate of the marriage and the divorce. Like, I feel like I'm finally pretty stable and pretty healed from the divorce. Mm -hmm. Obviously there's still going to be like residual trauma and wounds, which, which will, and have, I think have continued to just like make it very, very difficult for me to trust other people. And that includes and has become even more like difficulty trusting the organization. Like, so I think that like, if for me, like I have, you need a lot of trust to be an officer. You need to trust so many other people. Mm-hmm. And I think I got to a point where it was just kind of like a watershed moment. Like there were more people that I distrusted than that I trusted. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't, like the anxiety became impossible for me. Um, so obviously I have like a lot of things to process through and to heal from in order to probably even just like function in society (laughs) in like a reasonable way. Yeah. Um, but I think like the disillusionment part is like, I think, you know, when you're born, maybe you kind of have a default setting and my default setting was people are trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And so after this many years, the default setting has shifted to be, they're not really trustworthy. And in addition, they're giving evidence that they don't care about you very much. So I feel like I'm being really harsh and I really don't like, I think people do care about me. I think I have difficulty receiving that. I have difficulty, um, like, accepting that people are who they are. Like I do, I am at a point where I want people to be different to me. So like, I, I think that's just kind of, um, what led me to determine and what I, what I've been saying to like family and friends, I think is like, I feel like I've actually made my first decision, like as a human being, of when I'm deciding to leave. And, and I know that's not entirely true. Like I decided at some point to make green, my favorite color. And like, um, I've decided what to eat and what to wear and things like that. But I also like, this is the kind of a decision where I had to like be a grown up. I feel like, and even in regards to my relationship with God, like where I could acknowledge like God is going to love me and accept me and receive me regardless of whether I am serving him as an officer. Like, yeah, I did come to that realization like a couple of years ago where it was just like, God just cares about me and loves me. And it doesn't matter what I'm doing. Like it literally doesn't matter at all. Mm -hmm. And like, I got, I got to there. And so then it became like, well, what does Kirsten want to do? who is Kirsten? Like, what is she going to be doing? And like working through that, um, like I was like, well, I already made this promise, you know, like to be an officer, like, let me 
try to stick with that because I do want to be someone who's reliable. Like I want to be someone that people count on. Um, and I think that's been one of the more painful pieces of the process is like really, I'm going to cry. That's okay. Um, like having a sense of like letting the community down, um, because I care about all these people. Mm -hmm. Um, and I do believe in the mission. Like, I think it's important to tell people about Jesus and to serve and meet human needs. Mm -hmm. Like those are really critical. Um, and I think that the only way to really even do that is through Christ. Like, Jesus fed 5,000 people with like absolutely nothing. Like, how are we going to meet all these human needs without Jesus? Like, there's no, there's no way we always need miracles. Hmm. So anyways, like that's, I think that's been the painful part is like knowing that like, it is something I believe in but like yeah. having that overwhelming sensation at the same time of like, I just don't belong here. Like I'm, I'm being called to something else, which I don't even know what it is yet. Yeah. Which is even crazier to me, like, because never in my life has the future been so blank because mm-hmm. I've always known like, Oh, when you graduate high school, you go to college, when you leave college, you find a job. Like you always, I always just like knew what I was doing next. So anyways, like, I think that's why it took me. And I like to be, I like to be very thoughtful. I don't like to do anything in a rush. I don't like to do anything without planning it out. And like, obviously most of my planning is just like, what do I want to do? And all I could come up with was not this, like, I heard that time your phone. Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) That's a good, it's a good break. Um, but yeah, cause I think, so I guess that kind of starts to answer our fourth question. Right. Which is where is God bringing you next? Where are you headed next? (laughs) Which that is a work in progress. Yeah. What are you laughing at? My dog. Um, oh. So she came <laughs> over here and I was like patting her. And right now she is playing like crazy with her little toy. She's jumping all over. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, Annie. Yeah. She stopped now. So yeah, basically I'm not really sure. Um, yeah. I have like a video I'm, wor- I'm working on in my head. Okay. Eventually it'll come out as like an actual video and I will share it with everybody. Um, awesome. but it's, um, it's an art video. It's not like a video of myself talking. Okay. Um, cool. so basically I think one thing that I'm trying to hold on to is just like art making art. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's just going to be like a part of my therapy process or like, but I do, like, I, I believe about myself that that is something that God has given me is like skill and ability to create things. So, yeah. Um, I would like to honor God by taking time and investing in that. Um, Mm -hmm. 
and see where that goes. <laughs> I think that's great. I really eventually, I know very well that eventually I'm going to need like money and I'm like working on buying a car for the first time in my whole life, Amanda. Never owned a car. So man, big, big stuff, big stuff going on over here. It is big stuff. That's because I usually lived in the city, like when I was a grown up, right? But wasn't in the mm-hmm. army. I lived in Chicago, which has great public transportation, is very bikeable. Yeah. It's pretty flat there. Yeah. It makes sense. I could bike from my burrito store job to my home, which I don't even know how many miles. It was at least five miles. Oh like my one way. word. What? Am I making stuff up? I, I, Cause it would take me like 40 minutes to get home. <laughs> Am I making stuff? Up? I might be making it up, but I'm, I'll look it up. Maybe you can uh, just comment for oh, when you have an answer. Yeah, no, I'll just, I'll just tell you, Amanda, I don't think I'll comment <laughs> below. I'm going to forget. <laughs> I say that too many times. Like I, I, I think there's a lot of episodes where I'm like, I'll put it in the comments and I never yeah. do. <laughs> We don't. Ooh, it's okay. Maybe I'll get That's better. Okay. Maybe we'll be better at that now that one of us is not working full time. Now that 50% of us, 50% of the podcast hosts <laughs> are not working full time. So, <laughs> oh gosh. Well, thank you for sharing your story. And I know that's not, it's not always easy. Uh, but I do. I decided and didn't tell you this, that I wanted to, um, end each of the episodes in this, in this, you're laughing, it's um, totally that, I to, that you're saying that you said decided and didn't tell you <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. it's because I decided like earlier this morning and then I forgot. And now I'm saying it for the first time, but, um, what I would like to do is to end each of our episodes with just a few moments of silence. And the reason I want to do this is because I think it's important that every guest that we have on here, that we all cover in prayer. So, um, rather than me praying out loud, I just wanted to leave that blank space because how often in our day do we actually make intentional, like silent space, um, to do anything. Uh, but few moments of silence I would like to take for each of us listening to cover Kiri in prayer. Um, and before we do that, I just want to say, you know, that community piece that you were talking about, like that has kind of made this one of the more difficult things, or that has been one of the more difficult things. I think that it is safe to say that the community around you that knows you, that loves you, um, we are not at all disappointed. Like not that we were like, okay, go, you know, but I am never disappointed when someone is following the Holy spirit, even if it looks different than what I would have wanted. Um, it's never a disappointment. It's, it's actually a celebration of what is next and what God is doing. And your heart is for mission. Like, your heart is for Jesus and that's, what's important. And so we see that and celebrate that in you, Kiri. Um, so let's just take a few moments of silence and then we will wrap up this episode.
Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Kiri, for um, just being here and being my friend. And I don't like doing episodes where I'm the only host. So I'm glad that's the last time that's happening. Um, (laughs) uh, But be excited because we have um, some really cool people that we're going to be interviewing. And next time, episode two, we're going to be interviewing um, Rob Burks. And stay tuned, look at our social media for more information about him. And we will see you in two weeks. Take care, everybody. <laughs> Da-da-da-da-da! <laughs>